Iowa everywhere. And we welcome you to the inaugural episode of the Rose in Bloom podcast on the Iowa Everywhere Podcast Network. I am Brent Bloom, joined by former Iowa State and 12-year NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels. And Sage, we're on the internet. It's good to see you again, and this will be fun, won't it? This will be a great time. We're on the internet. This is very real, and it also means that it's very true. Everything we say and everything <laughs> our guests say is 100% true because it is on the internet. And I want uh, everyone to know that just starting off, um, all of our stats are going to be correct. All of our opinions, most importantly, are going to be correct. I'm really excited that uh, we're doing this. Um, uh, excited to have on the random guests that we're going to have on this year. Uh, obviously, starting off with Kenny Maine uh, as our first guest. I've known Kenny for, you know, probably, uh, well, I, I probably first met him 20 years ago, uh, back when I was, of course, playing. And, and uh, but, you know, I ran into him at Super Bowl events and things like that. He's, he's absolutely hilarious. I do love the Rose and Bloom. Uh, <laughs> that was a Sage Rosenfels concept right there. Yes, that was my idea. Uh, I, I think I'm sometimes good at naming things. Uh, I named a uh, girl I know, she had a dog training company. She was leaving her corporate job, to, like train dogs. And I came up with dog on it at a bowling alley one night. I was like on her team and she's like, I got this new company. I was like, oh, dog on it. You're on it. You know, and sure enough, that's a month later. She's got cards made the whole thing. Dog on it. You're in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, but uh, uh, I am looking forward to the Rose and Bloom podcast. And uh, we've got some history together. Um, we've known each other for a while, of course. You're, uh, uh, we're both Cyclone fans, but you have the, you like don't haven't missed very many games, probably men's basketball or football and a lot of women's basketball and whatever other sports you have really seen it all. I'm a cat. I might catch a half of an Iowa state game sometimes or even none and try to go back and watch highlights and things. Uh, but you're definitely deep into the Iowa state mix. And that'll be a, a huge value that this show, because I'm going to be uh, wanting to know what's going on with my cyclones. Well, you, we call you America's guest for a reason. I think that's going to be the, the fun part about the show. Yes, you know football. I mean, you played 12 years in the NFL, so you can, you can break down stuff that happens. But also, what I appreciate the most about Sage is, you know, when we'll chat, it won't be about football all the time. It's like, where are you now? It's, so it's like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego on, on this podcast? It's going to be, where is Sage Rosenfels? And today, you're at your home base, right? I'm at home base, uh, Omaha, Nebraska, sort of quasi through a uh, little studio thing here to go with some helmets uh, behind me. Um, and uh, yeah, so so this week here, public team going to be in Philadelphia. Um, this next weekend, I'm going to be actually in Maine, uh, I believe, when I talk to you next Tuesday. Um, so yeah, I do travel a lot. And, and the further I get away from playing football, I think the less football and just sports in general probably have as far as influence on my life. I, you know, people ask me like, oh, how are the Vikings going to be this year? I'm like, I have not watched one Viking. I don't know who they drafted. I don't know who they signed. I know Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. I know they're going to be eight and nine or nine and eight. And that's about all I know. Right. I, I've now taken such steps back from the game that um, I'm not deep into the, you know, to, to analyzing everything. I've done that for a long time. I, for years, you know, called some games, but tons of podcasts. I, I used to do daily Minnesota Vikings podcasts right. for a couple of years, wrote articles for The Athletic. My first ever article I wrote ended up in Sports Illustrated. Uh, so I've done all these various jobs, and, and now it's down to the Rosenblum. 
And uh, but what I'm excited about is it, it sort of fits me and my personality well. Is that I I do want to talk about sports. Uh, we know that that's uh, that's where a lot of our fans are going to be coming from. But I I don't want to talk about sports. I definitely don't want to analyze. You know why the Vikings are uh, scheduled for eight nine again. You know I don't want to. Um, but uh, uh, occasionally we can. Occasionally we can. That is that is like sort of the foundation of my media expertise, but I do get further away from it. I like having conversations about people's lives, learn about people, learn about what they know more than, you know, that, that as well. So getting to know them and then also getting to know and, and learn about what they know and how they feel uh, and maybe also put them in a different spot. That's not necessarily an analyst. You know, if we have another quarterback on here um, or, or former athlete, maybe we don't just talk about that sport they played in because I, I promise you they are more than that. And I, and I hope this show really highlights that and and, and the people that we have on. Well, we're going to get into Sage's experiences across the world as the podcast goes on this year. Sage from Makokota obviously went to Iowa State. Uh, I I can't help myself from doing the hot takes. So you may not talk about football, but I've always got hot takes to share, Sage. So just just FYI. Well, you have hot takes and you have not only your your eyes that have probably seen the game, but you have really dug deep into probably the analytics. You know, there's – there's stats For and reference. then there's analytics. Yes. You know what I mean? It's and you go all the way probably through both and come to your conclusions. So I, I like to think that your opinions uh, hold a lot of water. So before we get to our first guest, which is Kenny Main, opening week this week in college football, Iowa State hosting Southeastern Missouri State. Do you know where that is? Uh, I don't. Have you been to, have you been to Cape Girardeau? I, I don't know where that is, but I know it's a bus ride for that team. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to Cape Girardeau, Missouri before? I have not. Okay, well, not. put that put that on the Sage Rosenfels list. Uh, meanwhile, Iowa hosts South Dakota State. So let's take you back, Sage. 23 years. You're a junior at Iowa State. You're in a quarterback battle with yeah. Derek Walker. Yes. And you get the opening nod for Iowa State against Indiana State. I'm a 14-year-old in the stands, in the upper deck, second play of the game. Everyone's like, who is, who the hell Sage Rosenfels? Who, who is this guy? And you run a naked boot, 52 yards for a touchdown. You guys ended up winning 33 to seven. But what, what's that first, first game jitters like? And, and what do you remember as a player? Man, um, bringing back some memories. Well, who is this Sage Rosenfels? I've been there for three years. I know, but nobody knew who you were. No, it's fine. It's fine. You know, I hadn't played much. I was the holder. I did letter (laughs) two years of holder. Anything I can, anything you can do, anything you can do to help, right. I also get a letter is, is a good thing to do. Did you get a letter jacket? Did they, did they give you a letter? I did, but it was at a party uh, (laughs) out of my closet. (laughs) So, you know, I see that some of my old teammates like uh, wear their letter jackets uh, occasionally for like a, a Iowa State win or something that yeah. on uh, Instagram and I don't, I don't have mine. But, you know, I rode the bench for three years and worked my way up and, uh, you know, Dan McCarney and his staff were so confident that I was the future of the program for my last two years that they brought in two junior college transfers <laughs> to compete with me in the spring. One didn't make it past, didn't make it past the spring and then Derek Walker, who ended up playing linebacker. Right our senior year, who I just ran to uh, recently. Um, he was from um, like uh, Butte Community College. Yeah, I think uh, it was Blinn, uh, Blinn or Butte. Or Blinn, Blinn. Yeah, yeah, one of the two. May is Blinn. Uh, I think it was Blinn. Uh, strong and fast and threw a beautiful ball. And of course, but he was coming in from junior college and I knew the system and whatever and uh, ended up 
winning that battle. But first game, it really was like, we're going to split the reps first game. And uh, um, I ended up playing most of the game. He sort of played at the end. If I recall when we had that lead, they may have put them, put him in there for a drive that may have went three and out somewhere early. But yeah, second play of the game. We run, a, we're in shotgun. And we run the zone read, which if you follow college football or NFL yeah. football, everyone has heard that phrase. The, they the ran the zone time. read. And yeah. of course, it's this, it was this, you put the ball sort of in the belly of the back. When I was in high school, I was underneath center and I put the ball in the belly of the fullback. And we run fullback dive for two yards in a cloud of dust. And you know, that was like the style of football we played, you know. Uh, so I'd done this sort of ride thing where sometimes I could pull it and run the option, you know, off of safety or something. And so I'd, I'd done that before. I'd learned that skill before, fortunately for me. And, and so we're going into this game. But week one, the previous week, all right, the previous week, we're watching on Sunday morning, we're watching uh, the USC, uh, or maybe we're watching on Saturday, the USC versus Purdue game, I believe, at USC. So it's like Drew, a week week zero game or something. Week zero game. Yeah. Drew Brees is the quarterback for Purdue. And they're in shotgun. Of course, we weren't in shotgun that much at the time. Back that was traditional. People were under center a lot more. Uh, we did some shotgun, but it wasn't like a big thing for us. But we watched them run the zone read. And, and we literally at all at the same time were like, I think he's reading that defensive end. We had not seen that before. Wow. This is 99. This is uh, 1999. We had yeah. not seen that before. And I'm like, how we, and we, they ran it four or five times. And man, Breeze walked in the end zone a couple of times from the five. And, uh, or else the run was good, you know. And, and it was like, man, that's, you know, can we do that? So we literally put it in the week before the game. We've, you know, we've got all spring ball, we've got all training camp, we've run all these plays a thousand times. And the week before the game, the second play of the game, we're going to run this play because we felt so good about it. We ran it, and like nine guys tackled the running back, and there I was, uh, white lightning running around the uh, the right side, (laughs) fifty-two yards, I guess it was. And um, obviously, that was a a huge start for my career, battling for a job on a second play a game. um, You know, you go for a fifty-yard touchdown. You know what I mean? So I don't think I don't think my stats are anything special from a throwing perspective. You, you accounted for two. I think you, you also threw a touchdown pass in that game. Yeah. As yeah. well. But um, you, so, you, you won 33 to seven. It's not a competitive game. The Sycamores had nothing for David McCarty Cyclone. They didn't. And, and then senior year, of course, very different. I am the starter. Derek's moved to linebacker. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm the captain of the team. I'm much more feeling that responsibility and also knowing like I am, a, you know, sort of the face of the team a little bit. You know, I'm like my, I'm, I'm on the, the team calendar, the handout, yeah, you know, yeah. all those things, right? I had a pretty good junior year. And so it was a different type of pressure going to my senior year. And I, we played Ohio University, and I did not play well at all. Uh, we won because we were just the better team. Yep. But uh, I played okay. It was hot. It, it was, was hot. like 98 degrees. And, and I just remember, like, I had some wristbands on that had plays on them. And they would fall down when I would throw. You know, so, you know, and uh, it was just so hot and sweaty and it was probably probably breezy. Yeah, you would get these early season games at Jack Trice Stadium that had these southern winds coming up from, you know, probably, uh, you know, Texas and Arkansas and working their way up through the Midwest. And it would be really windy, but like really hot. 
but you'd also in like October 5th, my senior year, playing Nebraska home, it snowed. Winds coming straight from the north in the Remember other that. direction. Yep. You're trying to throw spirals through, you know, a 35 mile hour wind. So it was quite the place to play. My junior and senior year, uh, you know, I guess I played well enough in both games, but nothing particular. But definitely, you know, it's it's a huge way to start the season. Getting that first win and also playing well. Um, you know, young guys, uh, you know, Hunter Decker, the Iowa State guy, he has played, but this is sort of his team. Um, he's the guy, and I'm really looking forward to, to seeing him play. You know, I, I love watching Brock and Brock pretty play all those years. Well, by the way, playing great for the 49ers, it sounds like the preseason. I wonder what they're going to do with him. Well, they, I wonder if they're going to make him relevant, if you get the joke. Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, the, so many teams do this practice squad thing, two active roster, one practice squad. Now the sign of Jimmy Garoppolo. Does not help. I do think they would want to keep Purdy over Sudfeld, who is the other backup, who's a little more of a veteran. He's been around a while. Um, uh, so he's played really in the preseason, but anyway, I'm looking forward to Hunter Decker, uh, watching him play awesome high school, multi-sport athlete. And That's right. Hey, over the course of our podcast, we're going to have multi-sport athlete conversations because I do think it's important for, for athletes and not she, my daughter's in dance, which makes her a one sport athlete per se. So that, that's all it is. It sort of takes over. And, and I think for me personally, it was why I had an NFL career and a successful college career. Uh, is because of my base foundation of multi-sports. And I think it's why Hunter Decker is, is, uh, is as talented as he is. And, and I'm looking forward because you, because you find ways, it's all about winning and you find ways to win differently in different sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, of them have, some of them have clocks like basketball, football. Some of them have, uh, are like tennis. You have to sort of finish them off or golf. You have to finish the 18. And, uh, and I, I grew up in a, my, my, my grandfather was a wrestler. So I grew up around wrestling too. I mean, really all of them. And uh, I think uh, that's going to bode really well for, for this Iowa State quarterback. Well, let's get right to Kenny Maine. We were literally taking him off the golf course because he's Sage's buddy and, and he's going to he's gonna join us momentarily. And uh, now welcome on your good friend, everybody's friend that grew up watching ESPN, that is Kenny Maine. How are you, Kenny? I'm well. Um, I'm glad Sage texted me when he did, although I was already on the move to be here for this. So... My chaotic morning, I have, I have a little friend group. We play golf, and one guy kind of runs, hey, you guys, can you play Friday? I'll go, and I didn't read it well. I thought we were playing today, so I show up at the course this morning. Got up at 6. I'm ready to go. There's no tea time. The other guys aren't there. And then the guy says, dude, your thing is Friday. Today's Tuesday. <laughs> so there's an old group going out. There's a young high school group. You get in the middle, you play by yourself, which I started doing. And then, then I, re- oh, shoot, I got to get back. I can only play nine because I got this 930 thing Eastern time. And the guys are so slow. They won't let me through. <laughs> I'm not playing horrible. And typically it's a courtesy. If you got a single or a twosome and you're a four, especially if you're slow, you wave them through. It's just got to play. Yeah. But it's, as it's, it's a gentleman's game. But as the guy who should be waved through, I take the position I shouldn't have to ask. I'm waiting for this courtesy to happen which it never did, but I still had fun. I just enjoyed outdoors, you know, just kind of laid low, laughing at myself for making this mistake. And then additionally, now the timing is bad for this. Thing. I got to hurry and these guys are going slow. So I quit after eight. I didn't play the the ninth hole, zipped over. Hey, can we just do it on the phone? I'll pull over and then, no, let's just delay it. So ended up at this juncture. Here we are. I come home 
I find out it's on, what are we on? Firefox, StreamYard. Yeah, StreamYard, Fire, yeah. right, right. And But my Safari won't support it. The fact that I was able to move it to Chrome Incredible. with Command-C and Command-V is <laughs> almost like how the pioneers got us to the moon in 1969. Like, with I, I can't believe I haven't pulled it off. I, I thought, sure, as guys, just call me on the phone. I'll, I will fill. So we're, I'm happy we're honored. to be and it was a, it was and it was a journey getting here, but life's a journey. It's, well, this, this is our this is our uh, episode. inaugural episode uh, of, of this podcast, and and uh, I think I'm going to try to have on some of my random friends uh, that are throughout the mostly sports world, but I'm thinking not. I'm thinking maybe an occasional doctor uh, friend I have on from high school or something, and he can solve some sort of orthopedic issue of our favorite. You know, I love that. Or something. Well, so, it's. It's funny you say that because I, as you know, started a podcast and I started with, all right, we'll have a list of famous people who are good at what they do that I know that'll probably say yes, right? You're Jamal Crawford's, right? Reliable people, friends. And then we'll shoot for the moon on some others. But the more I thought, I think it'd be interesting. Like, I'd love to interview the 70s sports guy on Twitter. You know, oh, he's the best. It's amazing. I don't know who he is. Yeah. He's not necessary. I mean, he's famous in the sense that he has a very popular um, Twitter handle. So I guess that's good enough. But I, I think sometimes just interesting people are found everywhere. They don't have to have some, you know, big backing going in, although you do want people to listen. So this week we have a guy you've never heard of who's clicking on that. So we we'll see if we get our legs under us first before we experiment that far. Well, and Twitter is a place where you can find interesting people fairly quickly and people spread interesting people's takes, right? Sure. So uh, I believe there's 80s college basketball. I follow that on Twitter too. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's not really, um, I guess, as funny as like the 70s, but it's, uh, it is fun to watch, uh, you know, whatever converts it is, but, but old college basketball. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Players from the 80s from where I grew up, short shorts, um, you know, young Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah. I need to get uh, online. Watch those games. There, and the other thing about Twitter, I've how many I I would have trouble counting how many new relationships I have made with like-minded people, and you send them a note, they follow you. You send them a note on the side. Next thing you know, you've you know become quasi friends with absolute stranger. But in this crazy era we are living in, it's good to have allies. Is that, Katie, is that how you met Sage? Because the first question we're going to ask everybody is, how the hell do you know Sage Rosenfels? No, I think we met. Did I interview you as a player when I was doing my stories? Did we meet once that way? I feel like you, yes. We, when I was in Houston, uh, yeah. and you were doing the main event. We yeah. did something. And I was in um, Minnesota. We talked. You were doing a Jared Allen thing. He was yeah. wearing like Yuga Boy short, short denim jeans well, or something. You know, the premise was that that uh, Brett Favre had the Wrangler jeans campaign, and the the joke was that he wanted all the players to wear jeans the next game to kind of help you know bring up the product. And then Jared decides to go with Daisy Dukes, go short, short. Um, but then Sage and I, I think, became closer. We played in several of the veteran football games at the Super Bowl. I got a ruined ankle. I got a veterans foundation called run freely. We give these braces devices to veterans who need them. And Sage and I probably, what have we done it? 10 times, I don't know, eight times. We've done it a bunch of times. I mean, it's, 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 it's not your event, but in some ways to me, I look at it as Kenny's event. Uh, he, he gets a lot of the uh, quote unquote, I think celebrities there. I think a lot of guys like me want to play in it because of guys like Kenny. 
uh, you know, if you get invited. And it's it's a great event. It's Super Bowl week. It's early. You know, all the big parties. You know that you go to Brent. You know the Maxim party and yeah, all that's, that. That's those, are, at, those are those are like Friday, Friday and Saturday. But yeah. you know, earlier in the week, I think those sometimes are the more fun events because it's it's really the like sort of the true Super Bowl people, not the corporate that all comes in. Right. And throws an event at a high school football field, usually in a rough part of town. Um, I should what say the rough part of town. Well, whatever field we can afford, <laughs> yeah, we can afford an economically challenged part of town, and. Uh, it's a great event. There's That's awesome. boys and girls clubs types of stuff there, it seems like. And and uh, they have a lot of fun. Uh, it's on a field. It's against veterans, veterans versus former former NFL players. And many times, of course, it's a lot of the players from that region. You know, right. you're in, when I was when we were in Miami, I get to see Pat Sertain and, and uh, well, uh, Ron Gadsden and these different guys who I played with a long mm-hmm. time ago. A lot of fun. Then you go to another, you go to LA and it's another, you know, it's guys who played in Los Angeles or San Diego, the long snapper gave in for San Diego Chargers for like 19 years as a long snapper. Yeah. He's there. I'm like, I haven't seen you in a decade, you know, hung out with him a couple of times. Oh, Super Bowl. It's a reunion that. for sure. It and really is the guys on the guys and girls uh, on the, the veteran side, most of them have some disability, not all of them. Most of them are missing an arm or a leg or, you wow. know, have some issues that they've dealt with. And, it's just like a clean, pure event. Like it's, I'd say it's 70% effort. Nobody's trying to kill anybody, but nobody's letting anybody have anything either. I, I, I Listen, I disagree. Can I, so, so for the, uh, the listeners and or viewers out there, uh, it's, it's seven on seven, I guess. There's no, you can rush the pass immediately, which, which, which we don't do just, they do. It seems like to me, but the, the players, the veterans that rush the passer, there's three of them always. Two of them have no legs. They're it's running on, on their hands. Yes. Yep. It's absolutely incredible. So as soon as you get the ball and and they can they can move and yeah. you're running around. Uh, and uh, I can't remember the, the the female's name that that comes. She's a like Jen. Uh, Jen Welter, the first yeah. female coach in the NFL under a uh, Bruce Arians. Uh, yeah, in the NFL, yeah. she rushed the passer, and she has like she's like a high motor. If you're like, hey, she's a high motor effort yeah. player. That's what 100% she is. She's trying around, <laughs> trying to find somebody. And uh, but it's it's so much fun. Um, we were winning one time, and and you know, there's sort of the general idea is that we're supposed to lose. And uh, uh, we're winning. There's it's fourth quarter, and Jeff Garcia is the other quarterback. And like Jeff, hey, one of us, we have to throw an interception, like on this drive, just to like allow them to get the lead. And Jeff goes, "I'm not throwing an interception." He's got to win. Play to win the game. <laughs> Every game was bad in front of the boys and girls club over here. There's a million stories. Every game has been different. There are there are the games that he's describing where the, it's still everybody's trying, but at toward the end. As a nod, as a tribute, yes, you know somebody get one pick, so we get one more ball. There's, there was one. I for you weren't there. It was war. It was like a legitimate hard fought. Guys are cranking, knocking people out of bounds. It got serious. My thrill of thrills. I threw a touchdown to Snoop Dogg. Okay, that's <laughs> in my resume. Another one involving Jen Welter is one of my favorite plays in any level I ever played. Not that I was that great, but I played in college a little bit. Jen Welter and I just gave each other a glance and she knew what I wanted. And I knew that she knew what, I, and we ran like speed. There was, we were overloaded on one side. We ran speed option, flicked it out to her. She scores. 
Ricky Williams was in a game with us once. He played on our side. Sometimes the ex NFL guys say, "Screw it, I want to be on. I want to be on the veterans." Right. So, so Snoop and Ricky. That's that's like that's your sure. Yeah, that's dream team. And <laughs> how about the time Roger Staubach in Dallas was going to come out and play, and he, you know, of course, like where you start. I was usually the only quarterback. As time has gone on, sometimes we have like eight quarterbacks. We each get like one series. Um, but Roger goes out there and tip pick six to open the game. He's pissed. He's still competitive. And I was like, stay out there, man. You do the next, you know, you handle it. Got the next year, right? Well, he stayed out the whole half. He wouldn't get off the field. <laughs> and I'm just, I flew all the way to wherever the hell, Dallas from somewhere. And I'm like, hey, it's cool. He's Roger Staubach. He should play as long as he wants to. So I ended up playing the second half. Um, but it was just a funny encounter. I got, and it's cool, too, to see. You know, his arm's not what it was, but he still cares, you know. <laughs> right. right. Doesn't want to lose. Well, Sage still has a huge arm. Warren Moon told me once <laughs> when we were doing the story on Warren was the all-time fumbles leader at the time. Dave Craig was the second at the time when we shot this story. And the joke was that Warren was born with butter patties on his hands. And he had to go to James Andrews to have them removed. <laughs> then he was going to return to the NFL. So in the scene where he's had the butter patties removed, where at USC he happened to be in LA, and he's throwing the ball heavy. He throws a heavy football, <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, you still got wink." He said, "Arms last thing to go," and I it was just so funny how he said it, and it's so true because I'm the same way. Ankle sucks, knees are questionable, my back's always sore, but a little warm up you can still throw if you could ever throw. We've got two Division One quarterbacks here along with me, so I'm feeling a little inadequate. <laughs> and you played at UNLV, right? I didn't play very much. Okay. I lament that daily. Um, no, I we had a great coach. We had a cool offense. I was a JC transfer. The other kid, we both came in. He was scholarship. I was walk-on. I wanted to go. They recruited me, but then they chose Sam, and I had other options. But I was like, no, I like the coach. I like Vegas. I want to go to UNLV. I'm going to try to do this. So I got a scholarship right away but was always second string. Sam actually led the nation in passing my senior year, 1981, long time ago. He led most total yards. Uh, Randall Cunningham was a freshman on that team. A uh, whole bunch of good players. Jimmy Sandusky was All-America in JC, All-America at UNLV. Then he transferred to All-America at San Diego State. He had a long career in the Can Canadian League. Uh, Michael Morton, part of the Chad Morton, Johnny Morton family. Ray Krause, uh, I'm leaving out names. So we had a whole bunch. Todd Liebenstein was a high draft choice. He got hurt, though. He was a defensive uh, lineman. So we had some players. We were like, uh, you know, we, we weren't competing for national titles, but we weren't a bad team at all. Like, I think we're 9-2 and two my redshirt year, 7-4. and four, And last year, we were, I think, only 6-6. Six and six. But um, it, was, it was a fun That's time. Awesome. I stayed close to most of those guys. Really quickly, tell us about the injury you had and how that led you to what is now uh, one of your passions of, of raising money for run runfreely.org, by the way, is the, is the website. You go on there and just donate money. And it's for a run freely is a, a, for this device mm -hmm. that uh, uh, sort of goes, what, below the foot up to the, um, I guess, below the knee. No, it goes all the way over your knee. Over so your knee. It's, a, it's quite a contraption. Um, the story is in 1980, I registered in 79.80. I started playing a little bit, but middle of the season, we played at Oregon. We're getting killed. I'm in there toward the end. Literally last play of a game, somebody sticks their helmet on my ankle. Fracture dislocation, last play of a game. I was going to say 
Sage knows, well, you probably both know this. When you look at football film, at least the old school kind, games over. This is film film. This isn't video. This is film. They had to, you had to put it in the projector. So the last game ends, and there's always the pan from left to right, and then it dips up, and it goes to the scoreboard. So every game film should end, right? I'm there withering on the field. Guys are, like, picking up cheerleaders and shaking hands and talking and, you know, getting pictures with family. I'm still on the field with this leg that feels like it's underground. I came back and played the next year somehow, but I've had, I don't even know, 10 surgeries through the years. Every decade I got older and more arthritic and it got worse and worse and worse. So there came a time, I think this is about 2012, where it was in really, really bad shape. Like I was probably true depression, didn't even, you know, mm-hmm. signify it as that. But I didn't want to get up in the mornings because I knew I had to step on my damn leg and it was going to hurt. Um, so I went in one week in Seattle, I went to the fusion guy. I went to the replacement guy and I went to the amputation guy and the amputation people talked me out of doing that and God bless them and said, get better therapy, get a brace. You're too young. Let's, let's milk some more years out of this messed up ankle. Just by chance, I run into my daughter's PE teacher from grade school while I was lifting. He saw me kind of limping around, you know, as I'm, I was in there lifting and he said, go see this guy in Kirkland. His name's Nino Pribic. He's a chiropractor. He'll just go once, just see what happens. He basically saved my ankle. He brought it back to life. Then I found a brace that worked pretty well for a while, but it was, as I've told people, like, I now have the Ferrari. That old one was the station wagon. It did its job. It yeah. got down the road. It took away the pain, and you could do things. But the new one I got is called an Exosim out of Gig Harbor, Washington. As soon as I got it, I got on the treadmill day one and ran like 15 miles an hour, no pain. Wow. And started. I started crying for like two hours. I couldn't stop. Couldn't believe this blessing, you know. And I called Gretchen. She's back east. And both of us said, let's do something good with this. So we endeavored to start a foundation. Took a little while. You know, there's logistics and there's paperwork and got to prove you're not a felon or something. And <laughs> we've been going since I think it was 2018 august we had a big kickoff event and now four years later you know we're nick like like sage said if you had 10 bucks that helps every 10 bucks helps every hundred every every eight thousand really helps um so everything helps and we need to put on a couple more events to kind of get the message out bigger and maybe raise more money in one fell swoop we've mostly been doing nickel and dime but i think we're up to like 30 35 veterans that we've gotten back into a better life they can do stuff they couldn't do the day before. How much does a device cost? Because I know we're, we're a small podcast, we're growing, but I Iowa folks are usually pretty generous. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're 9000 retail. He gives them to me for eight because I buy so many. I get a little volume discount. And I checked the account the other day. We have half enough money to buy another one. Like, we literally just wow. go one at a time. Last time I kicked in the last two grand because we were short. So, and I should give to my own charity anyway. But, um, you know, Jamal Crawford's our number one benefactor. He... On my last Sports Center show, he gave a thousand dollars for every year at ESPN. So he bought three veterans all by himself. Mm. Three and a half. That's and wow. we've had help from a lot of people. Dale Earnhardt helped out with the prize. The winner got to go be toured around Dale, Dale's uh, racetrack facility in his house and his museum. And uh, Steve Kerr helped out. Uh, uh, Lenny Wilkins gave his name to it. The Rock. If nothing more than he gave me a picture to show that he's behind it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right. that's all that matters. Um, 
Is this all part of this? Like the Twitter thing, though. This is oh, where sure. some of these relationships really have occurred on Twitter. I mean, 100%. West, and I, I know you hang out with uh, some celebrities, but The Rock and Steve time out for Gretchen. It's time ta time out for Gretchen. I have Matt on the phone. Yes. Right. Well, Hi. I'm that's Sage Rosenfels. You met. Hi. Yeah. How are you? Sage? Hi. Good to see you again. How um, are you? Just I'm great. I'd love just what you would do on the new one, safer or crazier? Oh, yes. She's talking to her financial advisor <laughs> and she asked if I had any questions. So, um, yeah, I left out. Gary Payton was there. Jerry Rice was there. Steve Largent was there. All these guys showed up at my opening event. I asked four people. They all said yes. Lenny showed up on his own. And, you know, we need those kind of people, just like, you know, when you go to big charity golf events, or it, it doesn't hurt to have somebody with some status that says, hey, I'm sticking my name on this thing. It, it's worthy. That's that's awesome. So I did want to ask you, Kenny, because we are Iowa everywhere. You have been to Iowa before because yes. I, I in fact, I have the story. We'll, we'll see if this technology works. Just a second. Ben Roethlisberger has taken down nine straight opponents, including previously unbeaten New England and Philadelphia. The win streak is 22 if you count his final year at Miami of Ohio. We are in Iowa City, home of the co-Big Ten champion Iowa Hawkeyes as they kick off against the Red Hawks from Miami of Ohio. Very The date, August 30th, 2003. He came in pretty cocky. We were sitting in our locker room, watching him on ESPN, too. No one can stop us but us. No one can stop us but us. The state of Iowa had just gotten cable TV. Those are exciting times. We're the most dangerous offense in the country when we want to be. Now let's do it, okay? Let's do it. That really made me mad. You mean the stuff Ben was saying? No, the fact that they preempted Bassmasters with a football game. I really love fishing. Roethlisberger would eat his words. He was picked off four times in a 29-24 loss. On one of my picks, it was like feeling and punt. Almost called for a fair catch. <laughs> you know, my brother Nathan's the last quarterback to beat Ben Roethlisberger. It's a great pickup line of sororities. Two <laughs> words Iowa Hawkeye pride. This is the field of dreams, about 90 miles from the side of Big Ben's last loss. Really has nothing to do with football and even less to do with the Roethlisberger story. But it's a great setting. And let's face it, when's the next time I'm going to get back to Iowa? He's kind of doing okay with Pittsburgh. Kenneth, that's the NFL. There's 117 Division 1A teams. It's a whole nother level. You might have noticed in his first professional win, the team he faced had no Iowa guys. In fact, in his nine NFL games, he's faced a total of four Iowa guys. And one of them was subsequently released. Three words. Hawkeye pride. <laughs> Iowa takes its 9-2 and two record into the Capital One Bowl. The players take great pride in having beaten Ben Roethlisberger. In the same way, Miami Dolphins players take pride in being the only unbeaten, untied team in the history of the NFL. Make no mistake, the Dolphins have never beaten Ben Roethlisberger. And get this, his school was called Miami. And our uniforms are patterned after the Pittsburgh Steelers. Circle of life, man. That was fun. Oh, uh, that, that's, a, I mean, so how did, walk us through how you went through with the main event stuff, because that was, that was awesome. And obviously required a lot of pre-production as well. I feel like that one had my old friend, Tom McCollum's fingerprints on it. Like I, I had really good producers. We generally just collaborate. Like there, I'm pretty sure he came up with the whole genesis of that one there. Um, Cause he would look and find out like, Hey, there's this real thing. 
that everything we said was true except for all the ridiculous lines and then you do a takeoff right you take a real thing and you go off the deep end just like the one about the brett Favre wrangler jeans yep we one of my favorite ones we ever did was uh we did a fake seattle seahawk and coach holmgren was great about it he's a very serious coach but he also had a great sense of humor he let me bring a five foot seven inch korean guy on the field smoking cigarettes wearing jeans pretending that they had just signed him for a billion dollars because they want to win now and the premise was that he plays all 22 positions turned out he couldn't play any and so every year we would do a new story about that same guy first he was so talented he was going to take out eddie vetter and take over that band the next year pearl jam hated on him and he couldn't even get a ticket to their concert and i mean talk about a connection the day we shot the second version where they don't like him anymore i went to a sonics game we were going to get brent barry to give us a line in support for the story and we do that he was great and afterward he said hey what are you doing tonight i was like i'm at your game what do you mean what am i doing he said do you want to go to pearl jam instead and he's like go in my locker grab my keys, go out to my van. The tickets are in the console. And Tom and I went and saw one of the historic Pearl Jam shows, the Benaroya Hall performance acoustic set. They debuted Man of the Hour at that show. They played a Johnny Cash song. I mean, it was epic concert, right? So just because we did this dumb story about this fake Seattle Seahawk, I then met Brent Berry, who then told me to go to his van. You know, just weird stuff would happen. So more often than not, one of us would come up with, kind of like the start what if we did this we trade notes back and forth you know on monday or tuesday fly on wednesday shoot on thursday edit on friday or saturday and there we go we just did another one every week so i mean for for what 17 how many years were you doing sports center well i was on and off there was a period where i didn't do any sports center for like seven years maybe and i did all field stuff i did those stories i just described i did a thing called wider world of sports we traveled around the country around the world rather and you know, we did the Palio, the horse race in Italy. We did Irish road bowling, did all sorts of crazy stuff. I did Main Street, which was the comedy show, you know, that was on ESPN.com. Everybody from that show, Aubrey Plaza, Allison Becker, John Glazer, Ben Schwartz, they all went on to Parks and Rec. And Aubrey's like, you know, big movie yeah, star big now. Time. They're all very talented and doing well. Um, and we're trying to bring that show back, actually. It's funny for my podcast. I've now interviewed all four of them because they're all funny. We have a relationship. They're all doing interesting things. It made sense. I just taped with John Glazer yesterday, so he'll be on season two coming up. And what's the name of the podcast? Just to, to for it's people. called that... Hey Maine, H E Y Hey Maine. Um, the Kenny Maine talks to famous people podcast is in is parenthetical, but um, that's what I wanted to call it to awesome. begin with, and everybody hated on it, including my wife. Like, that's so dumb. You're gonna get your big joke. Nobody's gonna remember the title of your dumb show. <laughs> So we need a simple username kind of title, which would. By the way, my dad was born in Iowa. No, so where at? I have some Iowa, Sioux City. Yeah, Woodbury County. What, so, what? Give us your other Iowa experiences, if any. Uh, you, you did like a charity thing here, like twelve years ago, I think. Yes, we did that with a terrible. Story. We did it. Uh, I'm forgetting the name of the town. It's such a tiny little town. The coach, remember who? Was oh here? yeah, yeah, Parkersburg, Appleton, yeah. Parkersburg. Oh yeah. And I came one more time for a charity event uh, and visited Axarben. Was it Axarben? No, I went to a different one. Axarben to Nebraska. Good, good point. It was close. To, it was close. Yeah. I was in the neighborhood. Exarben to the listeners. One Midwest reference. No, it was the other track. Uh, 
There was an so Xarban used to be a racetrack in Omaha. Prairie Meadows. It's a Prairie Meadows. Prairie Meadows. Yeah. Prairie Meadows. Sorry, just got my tracks mixed up. Just so you know, everyone knows, Exarban is Nebraska backwards. Uh, I know. For, for oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. yeah. It's like Egyptian or something. Okay. Um, no, so I've been to every state except Alaska. So when I was a kid, my dad worked for the airline uh, for United, and we would fly, you know, $3 to Hawaii. Like, no joke. $6 first class. And... So when we took family vacations, it was Hawaii or it was California or, you know, it, it just Alaska didn't make the cut. And then I've regretted it all these years because it's a huge, beautiful state. One day I got to try to find a way up there. Do you think uh, growing up flying everywhere um, probably led you into part, partly led you into a career that also you felt comfortable with of traveling a lot? Or, I mean, because you also you just lived in Bristol and you probably didn't travel Mm -hmm. A lot of you live in Seattle for a certain amount of time and maybe you wouldn't travel as much, but you know, with the wider, wider world of sports and all the things you've done, you do travel all over the place. And you seem like you sort of always had, you're sort of a journeyman. Yeah. That's concerned. No, I, I think there's not just that, but just also just sort of general, uh, however you want to put it, just my general awareness of other people and respect for other people, the way my dad, you know, grew us up. Like he would hold, we lived on this little tiny lake south of Seattle. It was like two mile run around the lake, very small, called Star Lake. And he would have the company party because we had this cool little house on this small lake. And everybody came, you know, there was no one not invited from his work. So at a very early age, you know, I, I wasn't just hanging out with white people, I guess is the best way to say it. Like it, I very quickly was taught by my dad to have respect for everybody. And I always remember him saying, you treat the janitor like you do the vice president of the company, you know, like with the same human respect. And I think there's a lot of that lacking, you know, like you just saw Ted Cruz making fun of baristas. Like actually baristas probably a very, I've never done one. I'd be a horrible barista. I'd be terrible, but not, there's a skill to it. There, it. There's, there's a website I like on Twitter, United farm workers that talks about every job is skilled. The guy that picks, you know, the, the product that you get on your, your store shelf later, that took skill to do that, to protect the crop, to go out there and battle the elements and, and put in the hard work. So I'm always offended when I hear somebody put down others because their job seems lesser, you know, like like in the pecking order of mm -hmm. whatever status is. I was a garbage man in college and loved it, both for the money and it was a fun job, actually. You're in great shape. It wasn't that hard. And have always had forevermore, like I feel bonded to that fraternity of garbage men and women uh there was a time after i quit a job in seattle after i got my first tv job i called the garbage guy back and said hey i just quit this job i need some money to you know pay bills for a few months till i figure my life out they'd moved to the claw they no longer had the guy hanging on the back of the truck pick it up yeah. it. so the industry had passed me by and the only thing they had for me was to make garbage cans so I just left a TV job in Seattle. I'm doing the sports on a Thursday. On Monday, I'm making garbage cans. And it was it was actually good for the soul in a way. Like, all right, I'm starting over. And this, these were my choices. I decided to quit that job. Next job I had was selling prepaid legal insurance at a telemarketing place. Then I sold long distance for MCI for about three years. And in that little three and a half, four year period, I was still trying to get to ESPN because I'd been interviewed by them back at the old job off the Joe Montana to John Taylor left to right post to beat the Bengals, 1989, I believe. And I just didn't quit. I just, wow. 
didn't take no for an answer. They kept freelancing me, and eventually ESPN2 came about. Keith Olbermann went back to Channel 1 to be with Dan. Stuart Scott moved up to be the anchor next to Susie. They needed one more guy, and that was me. Because you did what, RPM Tonight. I remember that back in the back in the yeah, 90s that you were doing. Yeah, 96. Um, what happened was I got hired in May of 94. ESPN2 had a show called Sports Night. And yes. it was it was meant to be like Sports Center, but more fun. You didn't have to wear ties. Blue shirts, you know, blue denim shirts. Keith had the leather jacket. Yeah. Um, and we were covering all the regular sports, but we also kicked in, you know, X Games type sports and skiing and, you know, different things that were more participatory. And they even said, like, don't think you're moving over to Sports Center, like you're on this show. But that show got killed after about 18 months. So they just dispersed us all. Like, Pedo did hockey, Stuart NBA. They told me, um, or they asked me, what do you know about car racing? I said, nothing. They said, okay, well, you're the host. And I'm like, well, what the hell did the other guy say? Like, <laughs> possibly could somebody say less than I said, you know? But it turned out I grew to love it. Like, it was so fun. I become friends with Dale Jr., Jeff Gordon, all these guys. I got to eat on Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s boat at a Daytona 500 week. Um, and he was a sweetheart, too. Like, that whole thing about, the intimidator, you know, he was that on the track and he had that image and the advertisements, but you know, down deep, he was just like a good dude. He was, he was nursing my cold. I remember <laughs> grabbing medicines. And then I'm looking at old family pictures with Dale and Teresa at his boat, this big yacht. It's called Sunday money was the name of the boat. <laughs> and Dale is like, Oh shoot. He looks at his watch. He goes, I got to get out of here. He had to go to like one of those nine o'clock, you know, meet the sponsor hospitality things. And I, so I get up thinking it's time to, for me to leave. He said, no, 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 stay, you know, like, like, look at the pictures. And then he turns back and goes, but don't stay too long. <laughs> That's the last time I saw him. Uh, wow. Story. Sunday, uh, money. What was it? What was the name of Sunday the money? That was, Sunday that money. was Sage's NFL career. <laughs> yeah. Right there. <laughs> I like Sage's NFL career. I mean, comes out virtually pain-free. I mean, you probably have little nicks and cuts, but. We want to show this. I was doing yeah, a, uh, I, was, I, was, I was doing a, a buddy of mine's an artist here in Omaha, and he's doing this shot of the swimming pool, and he needs like this. He says he's looking for this big male figure that was decently athletic for a yoga pose, and so That's I go like, okay. So I drive down there yesterday, throw on these new swimming trunks I got, uh, and uh, and I, and I go down there, and as I'm doing one of the yoga poses, he goes, "Do you have any injuries from your NFL career?" And I was like, yeah, because he, he goes, didn't you have shoulder surgery? I'm like, yeah, but it's not really a scar. And he's like, I'm looking for like a scar. Do you have any like, scars? I go, well, I do have this broken rib Oh, from Warren Sapp. I got this broken rib uh, sort of uh, uh, mound there. And uh, that became like the highlight of the whole, Every uh, my pose was all based off of like sending the broken rib to the sun. I love it. Uh, for healing or something. And he was going to make it, of course, even bigger. Uh, than it is, but yeah, for the most part, I did I did escape uh, most of those injuries. My surgery on my left shoulder uh, was from college lifting weights, lifting oh. weights in a certain sort of it was like a linebacker type of lift. Like, why would you ever have a quarterback do that? But that's what we did back in those yeah. days. Oh, uh, it was everyone sort of the same, you know. Yeah. It wasn't like, hey, the workouts designed for the linebackers are different than designed for the receivers, even though like. Now going forward with science and things, everyone's everything's more customized. But anyway, I'm doing this thing, and my shoulder sort of pops out, 
uh, pops back in and it's like, ooh, right? And so it, it just it bothers me off and on for like the next 20 years. At least it's your off shoulder. You <laughs> I know. Well, that was the whole thing. It was like, well, if I go in for surgery, I'm going to be out for a while. So it's like I, I can live with it. And I just lived with it for a long, long time. And a lot of times it wasn't an issue. I had to bench sort of certain weightlifting things bothered me. Um, and, you know, sometimes actually when I would like hand off and sort of then you, you know, sort of follow the ball with your hand, it would pinch in the back. Oh, for sure. Uh, but, yeah. But for the most part, I, I, I came out pretty lucky. It's feeling a lot better now. So the constant workout. But I, I did feel uh, I got pretty lucky with that journeyman backup quarterback. You know, we, that's, that's one thing you and I have in common is like we're, we have a journeyman little bit of life. I live in Omaha, but I travel around a lot. Uh, those who sort of follow me on Twitter, the social things, I, I, I get to travel. And Omaha is a great place to actually to travel from. The airport's so easy. Uh, it's so easy to get all over the country, East Coast, West Coast, the South. Um, and uh, I, I, I feel pretty lucky. And obviously, Kenny, you travel a lot. So that's something we have in common is that our, our love and thirst uh, for traveling. And my parents exposed me to traveling a lot as a kid um, probably helped shape our view of how we see things we have i think i've seen a lot all over the country big i grew up in the country small town small small town 300 people dad was from chicago so i had this like thirst always to go see all these cities and meet people and talk to people and probably help shape my view rather than just living in that bubble of old of jackson county uh where, where i grew up and i think can you probably have that probably one of the reasons we get along and and uh, i do just you know, you got to realize when, when we hang out occasionally, maybe we'll have a drink or something too, and to like listen to Kenny tell his stories uh, of, of various things, and and uh, it, the, the quickness of your wit is just uh, it's it's so fun to be around because it's you know you you in your world you you know everyone has writers and people and producers and write themselves. It's pre-planned and contrived. But your actual existence, uh, non-preplanned, is um, quite hilarious as well, and uh, it's it's it's, that, it's fun to be around. That's been similar to this. I don't see you guys looking at notes. We're just talking, and that's the best way. On all these podcasts I've done, for everyone, I would maybe write three words. Don't forget to bring this up, you know, because <laughs> yeah. you know it's easy to let your mind slip. But otherwise, somebody says something that leads to the next subject and the next subject, and there's never been, there's no dead air because you you get interesting people who can kind of fill the thing on their own. I mean, Bill Walton, there was a point where I had to use the restroom and I, Bill, I got to go. And he wasn't listening. Bill, I'm <laughs> Bill and I'm taking, I'm leaving. I'll be back. I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Two minutes, Max. He starts talking while I'm gone. I join him in the middle of this elaborate story about how he and some guys commandeered a government airplane pretending to be government officials that needed to fly over Mount St. Helens after the eruption in 1980. And it's a very believable story. Like, I think it really happened. And he said, I'm just waving a hotel folio. You know, I'm just garbage. It's not even a government thing, you know? So, and, and all of them have been interesting in that, in that way. And I, I think the other day, I forget where I was. I think it was after golf and some people were introducing me to their friends and the guy remarked, you're kind of like the same thing I saw on TV. And I said, well, that's how it should be. Right. Like, right. I mean, other the, the difference now, and I'm happy to be in this position, not beholden to facts or 
saying the proper names of, you know, an obscure hockey player. Now it's just whatever comes up, just spit it out. We just did a really fun shoot with the Manning family and JB Smoove, who's like the lead character. Ask about that. Yeah. Caesars. So Caesars came to me as did a few others right after I left ESPN and it just made the most sense. The, The Vegas connection, First, when I went on my recruiting trip to UNLV, first place I went was Caesars. Hmm. All, and I used to be an usher at the prize fights at Caesars. I did well, no, but you're, you've always been a, a Vegas or, or yeah. horse racing. You've always enjoyed the, the art of the bet. Oh, for sure. And they've let me in this. I've been with them almost a year now. Basically, here, go to this event and do your thing. Like, there's no instruction that you have to do. Now and then they'll say, can you mention such and such, you know, as a promotion or whatever. But mostly it's me screwing around like i did bobby flay's restaurant in vegas i pretended to work there i was the fishmonger making up total lies about the fish telling people that bobby caught yeah he actually fished in the mediterranean he was just back you know and then the one i did most recently that just came out yesterday actually um i went to new orleans for the commercial shoot that's just now coming out it's the big caesars football campaign so they got jb who you guys know from larry david show and all the Manning family, you got all of them. You got Archie Cooper, Eli, you know, Peyton. And I was not in the commercial. I was kind of on the fringe shooting stuff about the commercial, right? Like I did a, I did a bit about JB's photo shoot, the still photo shoot, like he was an athlete interviewing him about his performance. And, the, you know, he's, he's just a funny guy. He, he can make you laugh. Just, just his body language makes you laugh. He's just silly and smart and he kind of puts it all together. So the bit that I did was, and it, there wasn't too much acting here. It was me being pissed that I'm not in the commercial. <laughs> so I'm trying to weasel my way in. So in the scene that we put out yesterday, I barge into their commercial shoot and just start, hey guys, uh, if I change my name to Kenny Manning, would that, I mean, would that be beneficial? Like, could I, I see a space right there and, and all the Mannings tell me to leave except Cooper. He's like, no, that's a cool idea. And, and, and Peyton's, no, it isn't. And they were great. And we had no script. We had two minutes to prepare it. They told me, hey, there's going to be a little break in about three minutes. You can go in there, but, you know, you got to knock it out fast. Wow. Told the guys, hey, I'm going to come in there and say something stupid. You guys react like get the fuck out. And they did it perfectly in one take, literally one take. And we made essentially like a 30-second spot. Do you think Cooper saying come on in? And, and, and Peyton saying, like, no, get out of here. That has something to do with, like, Peyton's elitism. Just like, nat- since it was natural, unscripted, there's an elitism. And, like, Peyton, I'm not sure what Eli is. He couldn't but help Cooper, since he didn't make it, he's, like, just more welcoming and, and wants to be more involved. There might be something to that. Well, you know, we did another one. It didn't run for some reason, and I'd love to bring it back, um, where I say to Eli and Peyton, I said, hey, you guys, I'm sure you love it when all the radio shows talk about elite quarterbacks, you know, that dumb thing. And they kind of giggle like that's dumb. And I said, Peyton, you were always elite. Eli, you were some of the time. And and any perfect reaction, he's like, you know, gives it the shrug. And I said, it's kind of like that with me, like with certain airlines where when I get on the plane, they thank me for my elite status. Is it like that? And Peyton's line was, I don't fly commercial. <laughs> and it was so funny and so perfect. I think it got scrubbed just so he wouldn't look like, like he a, was. Yeah. But he didn't. Everybody knows he tells jokes. That it was a joke. So you throw these out on uh, onto Twitter. They don't always probably make like the Caesars commercials, but they make you know it, the, the flexibility. It seems like with your new job compared to working for ESPN, not the flexibility, but it looks like the uh, you get to be more transparent in who you are. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, because they're, you know, on SportsCenter, and that was fun doing it, you you could be yourself and you could have fun and you could clown during the highlights or, or react to something, but you still had a mission. You had to be correct. Like being correct was the number one thing. Clowning around was the number two thing. And if you could do the two at the same time, that was the best thing. So I always said, I never really, you know, what do you call it when you, uh, you break yourself down, what's it, deconstruct yourself. Mm -hmm. But I kept getting asked the questions and I, I, don't know, I was just trying not to screw it up. Like I didn't have some, plan you know just kind of happened the way it happened well kenny certainly appreciate your time you've given us way more than we expected so uh again appreciate what you do and the, what's the charity again and we'll also mention the podcast as well podcast is hey main h-e-y main you can get it anywhere you get your podcast just google it um we got uh roy wood jr coming on this thursday very funny guy um and then the foundation is called run freely r-u-n-f-r-e-e-l-y run freely.org and you can help a veteran get out of pain i was going to say just in closing i heard uh somebody called for a revote yesterday and they didn't get my ballot from seattle we vote by mail it's legal and it's very safe so i ceremoniously uh ceremonially went to a local grade school and got an i voted sticker and we won again well since we're talking about voting uh, I want to give you 60 seconds. I think that's important with your transparency because you can, you know, you can say whatever you want. Here. Uh, I'll give you 60 seconds on the dust up uh, yeah. at the Capitol on January 6th. It was worth it. I, I would say this. I would love it. I think people know my leanings from, um, you know, my comments I make on Twitter or the people that I repeat. I'm a huge fan of this young woman named Sarah Kenzior. If you listen to her podcast called Gaslit Nation, she is a PhD in authoritarianism and she formerly would study other countries, right? You know, Eastern European dictatorships and elsewhere. And she started just looking at the U S because of all the signs that showed what was happening in our country. So I would invite those of you who think you're a supporter of the former apprentice host. Don't just like, I shouldn't just listen to MSNBC. That definitely is a little more left-leaning. You shouldn't just listen to Fox like find some independent journalists who are doing real work, who aren't beholden to corporate media and trying to spit out the same, you know, stories. And, and, and there's truth out there if, if you're willing to find it. And I just hope everybody will educate them. So I'm not saying people are dumb. I'm not calling other people that don't have it. Dumb. It's just that people get in a pattern and they keep listening only to the things that support how they already feel spread out find the information it's all there it's all public record it's not that hard to find and maybe some folks will come up with some other conclusions than they think they have today i think the the openness to curiosity on all sides i think that uh the whole world advances the more curious we all are for sure uh, about they we all don't know and we all don't know about 99.9 percent .9 of the things out there and uh, i think that is the key i think those who feel like they absolutely do know that is that is sort of the issue because it's not simple. And I, I think there's the the big challenge that I see uh, when I look at things. Again, Kenny, it might be because the way you and I we were raised and just sort of throughout our lives, we have traveled a lot and been around a lot of different situations. But nuance is important. Mm -hmm. I do think nuance is important. My brothers, I have two brothers. We are not the same. We are very different, right? But we like to put all sorts of groups of people, whether it's religions or 
colors of people or what country they're from into one giant group because that's much simpler for our sort of our, our we all have our simple mindedness uh but the the ability to try to be curious try to be curious try to dig a little bit deeper try to scratch uh things and, and maybe reveal uh some other things um that you don't know and I, I do think curiosity is sort of this huge um challenge that if we could be, become a more curious society yeah. i think that would be you know the, the 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 media world sort of gives us what we want so in some situations or i should say like all sorts of media social media twitter it's sort of we're, mm -hmm. we're signing up for what we want you know we go to netflix this is what we want so we sort of tell the media what we want and it gives it to us yeah um, i think i think people watch different things listen to different things all over the map and then you know but try to dive deeper and and and, and, and want nuance nuance well, 100%, is important for, for anything you're talking about how we feed ourselves what we already like like your netflix example is perfect it gives you shows that are similar to the ones you already watch and oh i'm gonna watch that and and same thing with news and gathering information and there are a lot of people who don't want to hear some truths about our country. And that doesn't mean you hate your country by saying that. It means like what was written, the original words, the, the text, the beautiful words from Jefferson, you know, all men created equal. Well, that's a great notion. But at the time it was written, it wasn't written for everybody. And the, our best society is when we really are a mix. Like we just are. You can't, we're not just a bunch of, white people that started the country we're a very diverse country and everybody's rights should be acknowledged and and be held as equal and we're at our best when we use all our best resources we got big companies that were started by people who came from other countries here that have had success and we have people you know in our culture who do it a different way than what you grew up and you are used to but you can appreciate them and i just hope we get to a point i don't know when it's coming but that those words have full value, that they mean what they said from their beginning. Well, Kenny, thank you so much. What a great conversation. We're never going to be able to top this for our debut episodes. You should just shut it down. And I'm out on battery. Nice talking with you guys. <laughs> thank you, Kenny. Hey, thanks for coming on. Sage, you weren't kidding. That is a very interesting man. And, and what a way to start the podcast. Well, I, I think if you look at like my life and it is unusual life and this being our first podcast and, and when we talked about doing it, I said, you know, on, if we're going to do this on Tuesdays, sometimes and I'm in Omaha on Tuesdays in my house, like right now. And sometimes I'm traveling uh, almost half the time. I am in some city for some various reasons. Sometimes it's work, sometimes it's family, sometimes it's friends, sometimes it's an event, uh, whatever it might be. And uh, I feel really lucky that I get to do that, but it makes it hard to have a like sort of job, but you know, in the, in the podcast world now you really can be, uh, you can be anywhere. So uh, getting to know Kenny, getting to know random people uh, in my past is I think going to be a part of this show. It's probably going to be a little bit therapy for me. Um, but uh, you know, hopefully also as the seasons go, you know, maybe we're not talking uh, U.S. Open tennis uh, in November, right? Well, my guess is we're talking uh, the NFL, college football, and maybe your NBA starting up. I know Thank you're one you. of 12 uh, NBA fans in yep. the state of Iowa. 25 now, actually. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm looking forward to this, To you know, to, to whatever happens. I'm, I, I'm supposed to be in Philadelphia in a couple of weeks. Uh, George Yang and I uh, might together for a, a podcast in two weeks. So I'm really looking forward to, to seeing where this thing goes. And, and Kenny is a, is a great first guest. He is, he has really 
had quite the life. Um, and you and I grew up a sports center. We grew up at ESPN. Uh, I didn't even have cable at my house. It's funny that Chad Greenway joke. I grew up in the country. We didn't have cable. We had uh, like an antenna on, on, wow. on, on the roof uh, or even just rabbit ears on the TV for a while and, and had four channels, uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, uh, out of the Quad Cities, KWQC, and then uh, uh, PBS. That was that was it. So I'd go to my friend's house that lived in, in town in Makoka, and I'd say, when we, and, we, and they'd, they'd have Sports Center on them. Like I, I'd watch it over and over. You know, Saturday mornings was like 8 a.m. until like 11. I just watched Sports Center like three times. I had never seen, I'd only seen the, you know, 620 to 625, high, you know, the five minutes you got in, on your local television. Never had seen anything like this before. So it was really cool to me to, uh, you know, grow, grow up, of course, watching like the Dan Patricks and Rich Eisens and, and uh, Stu Scott and of course Kenny Main uh, is sort of part of my childhood. And then to be older, though sometimes they say don't uh, be careful like meeting your childhood heroes type of thing. I'm thrilled I met Kenny Main, uh, and and somehow over the years we've become friends. I, I think that uh, he's a great person. I think that he is um, uh, such a, a, a good meaning person. He wants to do good, have impact, do influence, and he's so funny that uh, I love hanging out with them. And we do probably have that journeyman sort of life uh, that has probably created some of our, you know, similar, maybe similar views uh, in some points or, or, or at least helps us have conversations. I think that's going to be great about this podcast. And again, Sage and I don't agree on a lot of things. You know, we come from different places and, and, and much like you looked up to Kenny, I actually grew up watching you play football, which is interesting and dynamic, but we've become friends. And so I think the great thing is to be curious, like like Kenny said, and and we may not agree, but if you listen to the other side, I think it could be helpful. And we're not going to be like some of the other podcasts on the Iowa Everywhere Network. Ours will be more of a conversation with with cool people, and we'll leave it to you know the Williams and Hassel and Miller and Bruns and and Bohannon and Stans. And man, we got a lot of good people on Iowa Everywhere. But uh, we're gonna have some fun with this, Sage. So appreciate your time, and look forward to next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. I think we're gonna we're, we're gonna get into some Iowa State stuff uh, here and there, depending on. I'm sure we'll talk about the game, how they did a little, you know, each uh, each show. So, um, you know, we, we know that's the, sort of the foundation. Uh, it's it's how we met. We met in a, in a press box, uh, calling right. the Iowa State at Texas game about eight years ago, and um, uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. One thing that you're not doing this year calling college football and uh, for the, for the first time in a little while and, and uh, something that I'm not going to do this year either, but uh, it's always one of my f- favorite things to do. I usually get to call one or two a year. Well, Sage, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Sounds good. Iowa everywhere.